You're listening to The Doctor's Companion, brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Doctor's Companion. I'm Scott Corelli and with me today I have uh, back in the chair Nick Jimenez. Hello Nick. Scott, it's it's a pleasure. <laughs> today on the show uh, we'll be talking about the 10th Doctor episode, The Unicorn and the Wasp. Uh, before we do that, I want to get into some uh, background and significance. Um, and there's, uh, there's a few things. I was actually surprised because usually these new Who things don't really have a lot of uh of juicy stuff but um uh, with this Yet. one <laughs> right yeah i'm uh, just we're just waiting for that to sure. show up oh <laughs> there's gotta there's gonna be some goodies when the moffat era starts uh coming clean oh sure yeah as soon as as soon as people start hitting 40 oh it's gonna be it's gonna be oh it's gonna be glorious oh, man. um all those all those producer changes oh it's gonna be yeah. awesome um Anyway, so uh, so with the with the unicorn and the wasp, um, you uh, you basically had uh, they 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 had sort of Russell D Davies had sort of accidentally stumbled into a uh, tradition of sorts um, with uh, with his run on the show, uh, which was like a run of what he liked to call celebrity historicals that began with the Unquiet Dead and Charles Dickens, Tooth and Claw and Queen Victoria, and the Shakespeare Code with, well, Shakespeare, um, in season three. So season four came around, and he wanted to do another one, and um, uh, Phil Collinson, his producer, uh, he he suggested an Agatha Christie uh, episode. And he loved the idea, and he went to Gareth Roberts and said, hey, what do you think about this? Because Roberts wrote Shakespeare Code the year before and is also a huge Agatha Christie fan. So he left it the chance to do this. Um, but what's interesting is that originally this story was going to be set in the 60s with Agatha Christie being elderly and sort of taking up the role of Miss Marple, um, her own character. Um, that was the okay. original plan for this, which I think is interesting. But then... As uh, as they as they wrote went through the first draft of this, um, they realized that there was something missing from it, which is that you know all of the best Agatha Christie novels were set in the twenties, and this is set in the sixties. So right off the bat, the tone felt off. Um, so they scrapped that idea, and uh, and then they went um, uh, to the to the twenties and went with a young. Uh, Agatha Christie focusing on the six days that she went missing um, back in uh, 1926 or I'm sorry 11 days Um, she went missing back in 1926 and they were like oh that's a great thing like a great hook to start a Doctor Who story with Um, all of the characters in in this episode uh, were either based on uh, Agatha Christie characters or um, the majority of them actually were based on clue characters. Um, they're all sort of stand-ins for, uh, like the, that, that, that main group of, uh, of clue characters. You know, you have, instead of Colonel Mustard, you have Colonel, uh, Kurt Kerbishley. Instead of Professor Plum, you have Professor Peach, um, and, and, and so on and so forth. Miss, Miss Scarlet becomes Miss Redmond. Um, so, so, uh, you know, they didn't try to hide that, especially with the, there's like that teaser with the guy and the get, getting hit over the head with the lead pipe. Um, so, so yeah, so they're definitely, uh, referencing more than just Agatha Christie, but also Clue, which in itself is referencing Agatha Christie. So this is a real, uh, I don't, you know, what, what is that called? The, the, the tale that wags the dog or something like that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the canine, right? <laughs> so the other, the other thing is that um, in the original draft, the doctor uh, drives the car into the wasp and and drives it into the water, killing it. Um, and Tennant 
came to uh, to Davies and requested a rewrite because he felt that after the revelation that the wasp is actually uh, that woman's son is the reverend, he, he felt that it was too close to murder and that he would rather that not be the case. So uh, they rewrote it so that um, uh, so that the, the wasp chased the uh, the 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 uh, the necklace into the water and drowned itself. Sure. Um, which I imagine that rewrite is actually the only reason the unicorn is part of it, um, part of the part of the story at all. Because if you look at the story, as we'll talk about in a minute, the wasp is really the focus because the wasp ends up being the murderer, and the mm-hmm. murders are are really the big mystery. The unicorn portion is just sort of this silly thing that gets solved in a, in an offhanded joke, and then. We sure. never hear about it again. <laughs> I'll, I'll bet. I'll bet anything. They just couldn't part with that title. Probably. Yeah. Um. So. So that there's that. Um. And then the other thing that I found found really interesting, especially when we take it into context with a later episode of the series. Um. There were two scenes that were completely removed from this that were meant to be bookend scenes that took place in 1976 and featured a, 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 a deathly ill Agatha Christie, like on her deathbed shouting for the doctor. Um, and that was going to be uh, the teaser was that she was going to be shouting for the doctor um, on this like dark and stormy night. And then we were going to see the adventure in the twenties and then go back to the, to 76 at the end of the story in which uh, the doctor was going to take the book that he that he had, the copy of the book that was still being mass produced, like you know, two thousand years later or whatever mm-hmm. it was, um, and take it to elderly Christie uh, to t- to show her that she is the uh, like most yeah. best selling author of all time. Yeah. Um, and uh, what's interesting about that is, you know, I, I think that's a really neat idea, and the only reason it was cut was was to save time because. The uh, the episode was was over time by like uh, five minutes, so they just they easily exercised those two scenes, and then um, the episode is what it is now. But mm. I think it's funny that those two scenes basically describe uh, the uh, the Vincent and the Doctor. Sure, um, yeah, no, yeah, very, yeah. As you were as you were saying that, I, I almost interjected. Oh, Vincent and the Doctor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Another um, favorite of mine. Oh, totally. Uh, yeah, definitely. That's like one of my top five. I think. Sure. Um, love that one. Uh, this was written by Gareth Roberts, as we talked about. Gareth Roberts um, would go on to sort of be known for uh, the guy that uh, that 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 uh, invented the the not companion that everybody loves, Craig. Oh, sure, big favorite, um, right? Uh, so he went on to write the Lodger, and then the Lodger's sequel, Closing Time, um, and those are those are sort of the the two like stories that he's really known for in the Moffat era. Um, and uh, I imagine he's probably going to come back and write another one at some point. He also writes a lot of the books. You know, I I, I hope I, I I miss his I miss the Roberts uh, that I miss that Roberts touch in Who. Mm-hmm. We you know it it gets it gets lost. I, I know the I'm not and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna focus too much on on the Moffat run because we we all it's been talked to death. But <laughs> I mean. The you know in a show that's largely become about like prophecies and sort of high space fantasy drama, you 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 miss something like the Lodger or indeed the Unicorn and the Wasp, which is sort of it, it, it it's the show at play, mm-hmm. which is something that we don't see a lot of in in Who. I mean, we saw a little bit of it in season five, and then yeah, and then as the show goes on, it's sort of it, the show has become sort of heavy under its own mythos. Yes, absolutely. And, and watching the unicorn and the wasp, you were reminded of just how um, how light and and playful and goofy the uh, the 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 Davy Sarah could be. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah. So so hopefully Gareth Roberts will come back and do another episode. Um, and then the uh, the the other thing uh, that's that's big to note is that it was directed by Graham Harper. Um, Graham Harper, widely considered to be the best, uh, the best director in all of Doctor Who, um, he directed uh, most notably uh, the Caves of Androzani, which is you know widely considered to be the best episode ever. Sure. Um, 
<laughs> so, uh, so he did the caves of Androzani and, um, uh, amongst other things, he was, uh, he was like a production assistant and everything, um, and a, a floor manager throughout the classic series. And then he became a director and he directed this and several other episodes during the Russell T Davies era, uh, including the, um, I, I believe he did, he directed, uh, the, uh, the, uh, end of time or the, the end of time, I think. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, so so he's uh, he's 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 a big one. Um, he's he's definitely a big director, but he hasn't come back into the Moffat era at all, which is a huge unfortunate thing. Um, actually, no, it looks like his last episode was The Waters of Mars. That was his last episode that he directed. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So uh, so hopefully, um, talk about a journeyman director. Yeah, yeah. He his first episode he directed was Caves of Androzani. His last was The Waters of Mars. And you look at. And you look at um, within what he's able to do within just the confines of Doctor Who. I, I mean, I, if you show me Waters of Mars and the Unicorn and the Wasp and tell me it was directed by the same guy, mm-hmm. that's that's crazy. Yeah. Oh, totally. He uh, he he directed like a lot of stuff from from season four. He was like, you know, every every series sort of like has a has a like the director, you know, the sure. one that just directs a lot of stuff. He's the one from season four. He directed Planet of the Ood, Unicorn and the Wasp, Turn Left, The Stolen Earth, and Journey's End. Sure. Um, which is uh which is a pretty That's a fair amount. That's a fair amount, definitely. Um he did the same thing in season two, actually. Um so This season will be Ben Wheatley. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is friggin' fascinating. I can't wait to I I hope I almost hope that he gives the show a whole new look again. Yeah, yeah. That'd be uh, great. Yeah, totally. Um, so, uh, so anyway, so that's the background of significance for for Unicorn and the Wasp. But also significant is the fact that you in the in the pre- in our previous episode you called it your favorite episode of Doctor Who. Yes, that was sort of my uh, my tease for the sequel. Uh, <laughs> yeah, th- that was me seeing the uh, the uh, the Iron Patriot suit. In the, yeah, not what it was called back then. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, we we talk about you know the word favorite. Um, I'm, I love Doctor Who. Mm -hmm. I I love it wholly. And what I do love about the show is that it's a show that can be so many things. And, you know, you could be any sort of genre fan and find your, your pocket of who that you love. And, and, and so we say, and yes, this is my, one of my favorite episodes of Doctor Who. I probably love it the most. And I'm aware that like the doctor's wife and the Doctor dances, and Vincent and the Doctor are better episodes of Who, but um, just for my personal aesthetic and what I love, and what kind of stories I love, and the, my sense of humor, this is an episode that I just the first time I saw it, I I had to rewind it just mm-hmm. because I was I was laughing so hard, and it was it made me so happy. And what I love, as I kind of paraphrased before, this is the show at play. Mm-hmm. And we see just Tennant and Catherine Tate at the top of their game, just just juggling, just making it look effortless. Mm-hmm. And it's I and and it it it's such a their chemistry is so insane. It, 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 there's no there's no um you can really see why they were chosen to play Benedict and Beatrice just a couple years after the episode aired in uh, production of Much Ado About Nothing. Oh yeah. That heard great things about, never seen. Um, but yeah, no, this is just this just hits my sweet spot. Uh, I I love Gareth Roberts. I love what he does with the show. If I if you handed me the keys to the Doctor Who car, I would pave a path a lot like a Gareth Roberts episode. I I I, I just think our uh, vision of the character is kind of similar. Mm. And sure. just yeah, and and I it's very important that not every episode of Doctor Who is like the Unicorn and the Wasp. Or closing time, or the lodger. But when it does happen, it's just—I think it's such a gift. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's—it's it's just a breath of fresh air, you know. Sure. Um, especially in the Moffat era, uh, where everything is is kind of gloom and doom, and the most important thing to ever happen ever. Yeah, um, and every, every episode is like this big, unspoken, big, bad, all caps, everything. Right. Literally, literally carved on the side of a mountain. Not exaggerating. <laughs> right. right. And yeah. it's just, and just to have the doctor sort of playing, making fun of himself. Yeah. You levity. Know, and levity. Nice. And, you know, there's a great bit where it's like he's having, he's being interrogated and he flashes back and he's like, you know, trying to find Charlemagne because he'd been captured by like talking computers. 
which may or may not be a callback to a blink because they're just seeing him with a bow and arrow. Oh yeah. Which might be a coincidence because we just reviewed that one. Uh, and you know, there's that iconic bit where he's been poisoned and him and he and Donna and Agatha Christie have to play charades. Yeah. Uh, Harvey Wallbanger that, I mean, that's just, that's in my top 10, five all time who moments. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny too, especially that scene because that scene, and I mean, we're getting into the episode talk now, but we'll, we'll, so let's, 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 well, I tell you what, let me, I'll start there. We'll start there. Okay. Um, so, uh, so before we, we start talking about the episode itself, uh, I want to remind you guys that we are sponsored uh, by DCBService.com, which is the site that lets you pre-order all your monthly comic books and collectibles. At discounts, your local comic book shop just can't compete with. Use DCBS to place your orders two months in advance and get discounts of 40% off and special discounts up to 50% off. Uh, so place an order as big or small as you like and uh, ship monthly, bi-weekly or weekly with flat rate shipping of only six ninety five every time an order goes out. So thanks to DCBService.com. It should also be noted that uh, currently at DCBService.com you can pre-order the first issues of the new 10th and 11th Doctor ongoing series from Titan Comics who just recently got the uh, the, the, the comic book franchise uh, rights um, to Doctor hey. Who. Uh, and both of those issues are 50% off. Um, so they're, they're one of those 50% off specials, um, which is, which is really great and really interesting, which I just found out about today, um, which I thought was, uh, was, uh, really great. Um, cause I didn't know that they were going to do this because usually, uh, they don't do that sort of thing. Um, they are, uh, they're actually creating new companions for both doctors. Um, very cool. Yeah. So they're going to have, uh, they're going to have brand new companions. Uh, the 11th doctor's, uh, companion's name is, uh, Alice Obi Fune. Um, and, 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 uh, it's a, I, that's a pen dragon name. If I've ever heard it. Yeah. I forget. I, I don't, I, I don't, I, it's not like I forget. I just, I forget how to say, uh, cause you know, like you have like African American, but obviously she's not American. She's British. So I don't sure. know what you say for that. I don't no. know what the politically correct no. word for that. No, yeah, is. no, we've, we've just now learned collectively how to say, uh, Lupita Nyong'o. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't know what Africa is that Afri- African English. I don't know. Sure. Um, anyway, she's, uh, she's a, she's a, a, a black English woman. Um, sure. young English, English woman. And, uh, she looks very hip. Um, very, very cool. And is, uh, she, is she just Martha Jones? No, no. Okay. Not at all. She looks, this is the 11th doctors, um, thing. And she's 11th. I misheard you. Yeah. 11th doctors, uh, okay. companion, new companion. She's very, uh, hip. She's, uh, uh, she's like, she looks like she's, um, uh, I don't know. She looks like yeah. she could be part of the cast of uh, Attack the Block. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, is this the, is this canon? Is this in the show like canon, or is it kind of off in its own like extended universe? It's extended universe. I mean, okay, it, all fun. of these, all of this stuff is. Uh, it's always like you know, you have the people that that are like, oh, if it if it's all f- not real, so it that therefore it's all canon. It doesn't matter who does it or whatever, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, and then there's the other people that are just like, if it's not on TV, it's not canon. Um, but uh, and then the tenth Doctor's new companion is named. Uh, let me see. Gabriel, Gabriela Gonzalez. Oh, uh, interesting. Yeah. Who is actually an American. Um, she's, uh, she's from New York. Um, an American companion. Yeah. Yeah. That's what a time not, to be alive. Yeah. Not the first time. Um, that's sure. that She, she makes the third one, I believe. Um, after, uh, yeah. uh a couple, whereas the, the eighth doctor's like first companion, that sure. one. And, um, the f- of- fifth and sixth doctor's companion. Well, I didn't hear a Craig in there, so I'm going to be sitting this one out. <laughs> um, but uh, but anyway, but yeah. So I, I thought that was interesting that they were going to go for uh, new companions. But you can uh, you can pre-order those from DCB Service at fifty percent off each, which only makes them like a dollar ninety nine or something like that. So, oh man, can't yeah. beat it. 
it's a good deal. It's a good deal. Um, and then there's InStockTrades.com, of course, the site where you can purchase any hardcover or paperback graphic novel collection that's currently in print. Massive discounts of 25 to 45% off. And if that's not good enough for you, check back on Wednesdays for new release specials of 50% off every single week. And remember, all orders over $50 uh, get free shipping. Still yeah. lots of IDW Doctor Who stuff in uh, in stock right now. Um, but, you know, get it while you can because they're not allowed to print any more doctor who stuff so once it goes out of print it is gone sure i went to a comic book store the other day and all i wanted was a copy of um saga volume three and they didn't have it and i bet i bet in stock trades would have had it yes i know they do i i've I've seen the boxes on the floor full of them for a damn Um, good price too (laughs) yeah oh yeah um so uh so so go to check out in stock trades.com um okay so the unicorn and the wasp Let's uh, let's start where I said um, with the with the game of charades. The thing that I I thought was interesting about that is it feels. I mean, despite it being a, a Gareth Roberts thing, and I know that Gareth Roberts is all about the comedy moments. It's just funny now because of all of the Moffat we've seen. It feels like a Moffat moment, like just the Doctor like eating all of this random stuff and like yeah, sure, and it just being like. It's a little like Cat in the Hat, you know, but like not in an annoying way as as Moffat got eventually with that sort of thing. Sure, yeah, and and, and I and I'm partial to Cat in the Hat, Doctor. Um, I I've I've always liked that about him, and but it's just you really see, you get to see just how what a boundless performer Tennant was. Mm-hmm. Just the, the fact that he could do this as convincingly as like you you know you look at moments in uh, End of Time. Where he just has like the weight of the world on it, the weight of the universe on his shoulders. But yeah, no, it's it's great, and you just you really the chemistry between uh, Tate and Tennant, or it's just it's palpable. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and you know, and the, I I like this stick with them. Um, oh, I I love it, love it to death. Be, you know, just the 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 stick of them being friends, even though neither of them really understands the other. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's this great little. There's this moment I don't even know what the joke is, but just when it's revealed that um, the son of the 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 madam that owns the house is is kind of having an affair with the the butler, mm-hmm. and just you know uh, Donna says, "Oh, of course, all the good men are playing for the other team," and just tennis is or time lords, and he just he gives this weird little look <laughs> of just why don't why don't you like me? I don't <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> oh, it's great. I love that. Um, no, and I just I missed I'm, I I missed this kind of uh, companionship, mm-hmm. and it's it's weird to say because if you really look at it, only not as much of the companions seek the Doctor romantically as we like to complain about. It just feels like it. Yeah, I mean, if you want to get know. real, if you want to get real technical, Amy Pond never. I mean, besides like a couple of moments early on, never really like swooned over the doctor but then she did like it's i there's something so great about a companion who just is not impressed by the doctor at all mm-hmm. yeah except when it except when it matters you know what i mean yeah well i mean i think hopefully we're gonna get that n- next again um sure yeah hopefully fingers crossed i don't really want eh. them to go there uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh but 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 yeah no i mean you're right that's that's why i love donna so much um and uh, and I think that it's it's fun to think about w- with Donna as a companion. It's fun to think about how much the Doctor changed her just from their first meeting because this isn't even really the Donna that we met in Runaway Bride like a year. Oh previously, no, yeah, you know. So like just just that one adventure she had with him like changed her so much. Yeah, if anything, the doc the Donna in the Runaway Bride is almost like like Willie in Temple of Doom. <laughs> yeah, which is almost like an obstacle. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, so yeah, you're you're totally right. Like, I I, I love their relationship. Um, I think that uh, from a from a just a like I want to hang out with these people uh, way. Like, I I think she's my favorite. Like, they're my favorite companion, Doctor Companion team. Yeah, um, it, of, it kinda, of of New Who anyway. It kind of harkens back to that old. Do you remember how, like, Rose and Ten would just ex- explore? Yeah. They would just wander into adventures, and you could just feel that they were just enjoying each other's company. Yeah. 
I, I, yeah, I, I had less of a affinity for them, but that's just because I felt like when they were together, they were just kind of bullies. Um, sure. They were that. They were that new couple. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And they were just like, I don't know. You just get this overwhelming feeling where they think they're better than everyone. Sure. Um, whereas uh, that's not the case with uh, with with Donna. Oh sure. Um, and and I, watching... I prefer I prefer Rose with nine personally. But gotcha. Yeah. And then watching watching Donna and Ten just gush over Agatha Christie is such a yeah. joy in this episode. Oh, Agatha Christie, the actress is. So I, I remember the first time I watched it just being taken away by her. Yeah. And, you know, it's a shame we don't see more of her. Oh, totally. I, you know, it's just funny. I just had this this thought, like, you know, assuming that Doctor Who never goes away, because it, it probably won't. Mm. Um, it'll be just around forever. And uh, assuming that happens, could you just imagine the Doctor Who episode, like, 30, 40 years from now, the 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 historical celebrity where they have a an adventure with J.K. Rowling. Oh, it'll 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 break my heart, but it'll <laughs> it'll be a great episode. It's like, oh, we're here finally. She's like, look, they're just like, look, J.K. Rowling. Everyone still appreciates you, and she's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, J.K. Rowling would be a fantastic companion. Oh, it'd be wonderful. Write wow. it. <laughs> Tumblr. Uh, I'm sure they already have. Sure. Um, it's somewhere. I'm sure if we we searched hard enough. Good old J.K. <laughs> um. So so I I I think that this episode is um. It's a lot of fun. I love the uh, the parlor episode or the parlor scene where yeah you know they're they're Agatha Christie's doing her Agatha Christie thing her third act uh, reveal thing sure um I think that's a, that that scene is a lot of fun and. Uh, uh, it's it's there's just something really i mean it's just something really fun about it um, yeah it, it, it's a loving parody yeah and it's so every actor luckily is so tuned in mm-hmm. where it's just that right amount of cheese where mm-hmm. it, it look at the the colonel right where it's just you totally remember that character even if you don't remember that character you remember that character and it's they got everyone on board, and it's 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 you can you it, it makes total sense that Gareth Roberts himself is a fan of Agatha Christie, because it's it's a love letter to so many things at once. It's 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 almost it's a love letter to mysteries, mm-hmm. and just seeing the Doctor sort of jump into that role while still keeping that sort of you know quintessential Doctorishness about him. It's it's great. Absolutely. Also, watching this episode, um, even more so than uh, than Blink, because I, I haven't revisited a lot of the T. Davis episodes in a while. It it looks like a a PBS like Miss Marple mystery you would watch like on a Sunday evening. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's that, it has that sheen to it. That absolutely. Just, it, I mean, great. that's that's this whole Russell T. Davies era. Um, you know, just because it's cheaper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But it, it works especially well with this episode, um, more than just about any other. I think. Um, yeah, it's it's like you just it's like Donna and the Doctor wandered into Masterpiece Theater. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, absolutely. You know, I I also really love the flash the flashback gags. Oh um, sure, where everyone's telling their story and what we're seeing in the flashback is different from what they're saying. Sure, um, it's uh, oh every time that happened, it was uh, it was it was really great. Or um, the the colonel sort of in, incepts himself. Yeah, we <laughs> have to snap out of it twice. <laughs> yeah, oh that's that's good. Oh, I love that. Um, but uh, yeah, this is just a real runaround of an episode. I mean, yeah, yeah, and you can tell the director is having fun. It's mm-hmm. it's like watching players at the top of their game, just just sort of. I I I, I don't want to say like like you know lightweight it, but just just spar. Yeah, and just yeah. play and explore, and no one's trying to like reinvent the wheel, which is a thing that who does and can do well. Mm-hmm. Is like you know tell big epic cosmic stories, mm-hmm. and what's great is that it can do it can do something like the unicorn and the wasp, and then do something like the end of time or the Doctor's mm-hmm. wife, mm-hmm. which you know, to a certain extent, this is Doctor Who reinventing itself. Really, sure, yeah. Um, I mean, the closest episode to this I can think of, 
Um, before this is probably uh, the Black Orchid, which is like a reviled story from the Fifth Doctor era. Sure. Um, that I love. I think it's a fantastic uh, like two parter. That's so much fun. Um, like I don't care what anybody says. I'll I'll watch the Fifth Doctor play cricket for no reason. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's great. Um, but but you know people really hate that story. Um, but I, I think this is a lot of fun. Um, and you know, my only complaint about it is a silly complaint just because like, I don't, I'm, I have a, I have a phobia of anything that flies with a stinger. Oh Um, yeah. Yeah. So this is terrifying. Um, but, (laughs) (laughs) but other than Uh, that, the act, the actor, the actor buzzing his Z's and S's. Yeah. 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 That's great. Yeah, it is good. You know, it's, it's interesting. It's almost like Davis and Moffat traded where Davis took time and Moffat took space. Mm. Because mm. I remember when um I, I remember when Moffat was about to take over, the internet was kinda like, Oh, maybe we can finally leave Earth for a change, you know? And if you look at it, Davis really had a had a soft spot for time travel. Where like we would visit like the sixties or, you know, Charles Dickens or William right. Shakespeare. And I I besides Vincent and the Doctor, I can't really name a time where eleven really shook hands with historical figures unless I'm, unless I'm drawing a big blank spot well there hasn't really been much I mean there's ones you know like like dinosaurs on a spaceship where he's technically with historical figures sure. but they're on a spaceship with dinosaurs uh, uh, so. could you have imagined an episode where Eleven just hung out with like Hard Day's Night era the Beatles Ugh, that would have been like, wonderful and like solve the heist or something yeah no that would have been fantastic no I, I mean I think the thing too to remember to keep in mind is that I think that Davies had such a soft spot. He didn't necessarily have a soft spot for the time travel idea. I think that it was just a lot cheaper. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's way cheaper to have to like use historical costumes that BBC just has laying around than it is <laughs> to like build a bunch of spaceship sets. Um, sure. I would yeah. imagine. I mean, even the spaceship sets they use during the Davies era, a lot of it gets reused. Oh, definitely. Because, um, I mean, there's like, you know, there's the Satan Pit two-parter, then there's 42, and then there's Water of Mars, all of which I'm not entirely convinced aren't the same spaceship. Oh, sure. I mean, the BBC has like six actors and five sets. Right. Yeah, exactly. God so, bless them. So, you know, and then and then Moffat gets a budget and then he just does crazy stuff. Um, sure. Which is great sometimes. I mean, God, I remember the first time I watched uh, the, the Big Bang and the Pandorica opens and I was I was blown away by how yeah. great it looked. Yeah. Oh, Winston Churchill. That's the other one. Winston Churchill. That's the other one. Um, to yeah. victory. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so anyway, so that's uh, that's that's the unicorn and the wasp. Um, do you have any have any other thoughts before we wrap it up? Yeah, I know. It's just it's uh, it, it's a gift of an episode. It's it's fun. Uh, it's a it's a great starter episode mm, if you're trying to yeah. get like a friend or significant other into who. Um. Yeah, no, and it, it's it, we talk about reinventing the show, and it's just it's it's so cool to see Gareth Roberts really stretch the limits of the character in a fun, playful way. Where it's like, what if what if the Doctor had to live in a flat, or what if the Doctor like had to solve a mystery? And it it'd be interesting because you know we have a a great comic actor in Peter Capaldi mm-hmm. coming up as the Twelfth Doctor, who yes, I mean you look at him and you're like, oh, that guy could you know, wreck. But I, I know Peter Capaldi from in the loop. Yeah. Like that, that's who he is to me. And I, I hope that, you know, in, in the coming season of Dr. Who that yes, you know, I, we, we, you know, do great, like speculative science fiction and ask big questions, but l- let's not be afraid to, oh, I, I almost said like <laughs> having babysit like two kids, but that would be awful. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the pacifier with the Doctor Who with Doctor. Uh, I don't know. That could be actually kind of funny. Sure, Capaldi um, just like like especially if 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 uh, it's like the third part of like the Craig trilogy, and so he's babysitting his kid so that he can go out. There it is um, with his with his wife, and then like so he's babysitting the kid, and then gets like put into uh into like a, a an adventure and has to like actually like get in the TARDIS with the kids and go on an adventure and try yeah. to get back in time that there's would like be a, fantastic there's um, a baby there's a baby like a toddler yeah there's like a spunky like eight-year-old and then yeah. a teenager yeah 
Well, you don't want to go too far into uh, uh, what what was that episode called? The uh, oh, the other, the other, the, the other silver, uh, silver nightmare and silver, nightmare and silver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you don't want to go too old. I think I think the the comedy would be from him changing diapers and things. Sure, Capaldi um, changing. Then diapers. again, I'm still I'm still picturing Matt Smith. So yeah, I mean that was uh, he he really was the children's doctor. He was. He was. It was a missed opportunity not to do that one. Um, good news, though. Uh, Gareth Roberts has is is back for Series 8. He's writing not one but two episodes. Fantastic. Of series 8. Um, so uh, he's he's the uh, the fourth writer confirmed behind uh, Moffat, of course, Gatiss, and Neil Cross. So uh, how many is how many is Gatiss writing? Two. All right. Yep. He's well, writing two. <laughs> Neil Cross is writing one. And, and Moffat's, I think, only writing three, and that includes the Christmas special. The rumor is that he's not writing the finale. Interesting. Yeah. Has that happened? Has has the showrunner nope. of an era never? Not interesting. Nope, hasn't happened yet. Not not yet. Not not in the new. Not new. Who happened all the time in classic Who? I, totally. I mean, always. Um, all the time. <laughs> I, by all the time, I mean like every time. Um, <laughs> sure. But uh, but in in new Who, no, that's not happened before. That'll be interesting. Uh, yeah. Um, but, you know, that's just the rumor. Who knows if it's actually true? We'll uh, find out come August. Yes. Well, maybe not Sep- August. Sep- September. You know how Moffat is with uh, uh, revealing plans for the season. Um, sure, yeah. He's he's like, oh, uh, you'll find out what's coming two weeks from now. Um, <laughs> otherwise, uh, too Check bad. your iTunes feed. You never yeah, know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so Gareth Roberts will be back. So that's interesting. Um, I wonder if one of the episodes he's doing will be a uh, a Lodger sequel, like a, a third Craig episode. Yeah, uh, that'd be that'd be that'd be fun. Um, then again, be- who knows? Uh, that guy is kind of busy now. Um, Corden, yeah, yeah, because he's doing Into the Woods, and um, I think he's because he's playing the baker in Into the Woods, and then mm-hmm. I think one of Tony. Right, and then I think he's got a, uh, I think he's got another season of um, the Wrong Man's coming. I hope so. I that hope so too. Recommend that, listeners, yeah. if Anglophiles, the Wrong Man's. Yeah. Oh, can you imagine if that guy directed an episode of Doctor Who? Oh, that'd be fantastic. His name's escaping me. Can uh, you can you believe that the guy who did that? I mean, this is so far off the pulse of what we're supposed to be talking about, <laughs> but whatever. Um, the guy who directed the Wrong Man's is the guy who did. Uh, uh, that the Checkers Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, well, no, the uh, oh. the uh, um, the the director is the guy that directed uh, the Jay Baruchel comedy. Um, oh, she's out of my league. Yeah, she's out of my league. It's the same guy. It's crazy, yeah, insane. It doesn't that doesn't compute in my brain. Place has the Doctor ever been involved in like cloak and dagger type stories, like a spy caper? Yeah, I mean that happened a lot in the third Doctor era. Like he was sure. all about uh, uh, spy capers, but I don't not knew who it hasn't. Um, that seems like a great opportunity for Peter Capaldi. Yeah, um, yeah, seems like it would suit him. Uh, but uh, who knows? It's so interesting. We don't know. We have no idea what he's going to be like. I have no idea. No idea. Because even even the one little glimpse that we got of him is like a nothing glimpse. Really. Sure. Because um, I think we got more personality out of Matt Smith's first lines. Oh, that's that's in my dad. That, that was such a great thirty seconds. Well, and you know what made it great was that they shifted showrunners, and so Moffat wrote the like as like you know Davies wrote until the regeneration, and yeah. then Moffat wrote those last thirty seconds, the last half a page of of material. And it's just like, oh, well, obviously, like, the, the voice is obviously different and, and shifted and everything. And that's what makes it so special. Here, it's much le- much, much less so, like, much more in, in, in tone with the, uh, the ninth to tenth transition, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, – it's even less so, really. Yeah. We really, got, we really got nothing out of that last line. <laughs> Fun fact, I had no idea Doctors regenerated until um, Parting of the Ways. Oh, I, I had no idea. I, I thought it was just a season finale, and I'm like, "Oh, what's happening?" I oh, Joel Rose, like, I, I I can regenerate, and like, wait, he can do what? Oh, this has <laughs> been great. Uh, and so was I. Shing, who is that? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That's <laughs> fantastic. I was I, the. I, I only knew I I knew because I 
like the first thing Doctor Who I'd ever watched was the Eighth Doctor uh, special, and then like my dad made me watch a bunch of old classic Who stuff, so I knew there were several Doctors. Um, but I had no idea that Eccleston was regenerating in that uh, in that uh, episode. So, oh man, when Tanit showed up, I was just like, "Oh my God, what?" But I can't even imagine not even understanding <laughs> what was happening. Wait, where are you going? Yeah, I I was very <laughs> very um, apprehensive about ten. Because mm. I was like, oh, he's oh, they just he's, he's pretty and like oh, they just like I'm a, he's gonna be all like uh, no like Eccleston and then of course you know you fall in love with ten oh totally yeah yeah I mean I think the trick to uh, to 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 you know a new doctor is doing com- something completely different yeah yeah um, so I'll, I'll, it's gonna be interesting to see Moffat write a completely different doctor because I don't think he's capable of it but we'll see. We shall see, because there's a lot of eleven in his ten episodes. Yeah, no, it it, it is very, it is interesting. Um, the Davis ten and Moffat ten is, I mean, we you know the Day of the Doctor. You know what I mean? It was right, right. Yeah, Day of the Doctor really, uh, really put it on Front Street, didn't it? You're like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. He does only just write one guy. And I just think it's funny. He's just like, but it's it's one man, so you write him the same. And it's like, well, but his brain changes. Like, it's <laughs> part of the thing that regenerates. So his personality still is different. But okay, whatever. Um, so uh, so anyway, so so uh, next time we, uh, we talk to you, next time you're back on the show, uh, which will be – um, again, about a month from now, um, we'll be talking about the Tenth Doctor episode, New Earth. Speaking of Tenth Doctor and Rose, um, New Earth, New Earth, yeah, interesting, yeah. Once again, I uh, I find out when you find out, audience. Yeah, yeah New Earth, the uh, the the first official Tenth uh, Doctor episode, um, because uh, Christmas Invasion barely counts because we got like you get like ten minutes of the of the Doctor in that. Um, this is like his first adventure in a, uh, in his costume and, and, you know, traveling in the TARDIS and everything. So (laughs) yeah, great stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, all right. Uh, so if you have thoughts you want to share on the unicorn and the wasp or any of the things that we talked about, find the post of this episode on the doctor's companion.us and leave a comment, or you can send us an email, tdcpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, send me an email, uh, you know, telling me what you think about the show. Uh, I could always add a mailbag segment to the show. That would be a lot of fun. If you had a specific question or email for one of my uh, guest hosts that I've been uh, accumulating, um, make sure that you put that in the email so I know when to bring up your email on the show. Um, and then if you uh, have a background in uh, podcasting or Doctor Who, uh, and you want to guest on the show, uh, shoot me an email and, and let me know and uh, uh, link me to your things so that I know that um, you, you you can at least hold a conversation about what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> so that's, that email again is uh, tdcpodcast at gmail.com. Um, then uh, check out the Mind Robber uh, or, or check out mindrobber.net. Uh, the other website where my other podcasts are, uh, like the mind robbers, um, the flagship podcast of mindrobber.net. It's where, uh, Matt and I, um, we talk about, uh, the, the things that we've been, uh, the entertainment we've basically been consuming. We sort of break it down from a writer's perspective. We look at the story of the thing, the characters, we figure out what's working, why it's working. If it's not working, why it's not working, that sort of thing. Um, we just sort of talk about what we've been watching and reading and, 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 generally consuming um every two weeks and then we have the mind robbers versus which are which is our spin-off podcast where we uh take a series that we like uh, a television series and we break it down episode by episode um we talk about two episodes of the series and each episode of the mind robbers versus it comes out two times a week and uh and we uh we 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 do that. So season 1 of the Mind Robbers versus was um the DC animated universe. So we talked about every single episode of Batman the animated series, Superman the animated series, Batman Beyond, Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. And then in uh season 2, we covered Veronica Mars as a lead up to the movie. Um and then we actually did the uh $1000 town line. 
which was very good. Um, so, so check that out. And then season three begins in May. Uh, we're doing the Joss Whedon quadfecta, um, which will of course include Buffy, the vampire slayer, angel, uh, firefly and dollhouse um, and Roseanne. Yeah. And Roseanne. No, not Roseanne. Um, but we're also going to be talking about some of the scripts that he's written, um, including, uh, mo- mostly the actually, entirely unproduced screenplays um the first episode our episode zero will actually cover his original draft screenplay for the buffy the vampire slayer movie uh, oh. the one that the television series is an actual sequel to um and makes references to his original draft sure um things like the gym burning down which did not happen in the movie um that's fascinating yeah can't wait yeah so we're gonna be talking about that and then there's uh there's a one called suspension which is the only um the only uh script that he has written that has a male lead character uh that is not part of an ensemble um so we're gonna be talking about that before we talk about angel then there's the serenity kitchen sink draft which is like something crazy like 250 pages um it's like an obnoxiously long draft of the Serenity movie before he pared it down to what was eventually made. Sure. Uh, and then another film called Afterlife, which I know nothing about. Um, but that was another another feature script that he wrote that was never produced. Great. Um, yeah. So we're going to be doing all of that stuff on, on the new Mind Drivers Versus. So if you like Joss Whedon, uh, you're going to want to yeah. check that show out. If you, should, on- uh, you should dip into his comics as well. Yeah, uh, we've, we've thought about it. Um, I, I Frey. Think yeah, I think we're definitely going to probably cover Frey, and we'll probably cover uh, Buffy season eight and nine. Ooh, um, nine is so good. Uh, oh, good. Yeah, the, the 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 season nine stuff is great. Eight starts good and then goes downhill rather quickly. But sure, uh, nine is uh, nine is really good because nine had a constant creative team. My uh, my favorite thing Joss Whedon has ever written to this date, bar none, is uh, Sugar Shock. Yeah, Sugar Shock is so good. It's it, it's the unicorn and the wasp of Joss Whedon for me. Yeah. Oh. Can't explain it. Just love it. Oh, it's so good. So yeah. good. Um, if uh, you're on Twitter, follow at TDC Podcast so you'll know the second a new episode hits. Or follow our personal accounts. I'm at, Scar- Cut- blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I'm at Scott Corelli and Nick. I'm at Nick M. Jimenez. All right. Right um, now I'm talking about Game of Thrones a lot. <laughs> or Avril Lavigne. Um, if if you like the show do us a favor and leave us a a great five-star review on itunes i will give you a shout out on the show and thank you for doing that um and most importantly uh if you uh if you know a lot of doctor who fans tell them about the show and tell them they should be listening um and if you know anyone that uh that might be good for uh for for hosting duties even if it's someone you don't know personally but you you think oh this person knows a lot about doctor who maybe they would be good for uh for tdc recommend them to me you know like like shoot shoot me a message on on twitter or send us an email or or leave a comment on the website or whatever paul Um, again Oh, great. Okay, I'll get in touch with his people. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so, so next time uh, we'll be back with Patrick Troughton, um, the second Doctor, in the episode The Moon Base, and that'll be with Cassandra Fredrickson. Hey, Cassandra. Yeah, because uh, Cassandra, you and Cassandra, you are the, the, the other two-thirds of the, uh, the New Who uh, yeah. brain trust. The Rose and Mickey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, so, 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 yeah, man, I'm excited for, uh, the new Who Brain Trust. Those are going to be some fun episodes. I, I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. I really want the show to come back soon. Oh, don't we all? Uh, I'm just, you know, there's something really special about the prospect of a new doctor. Cause it just, it doesn't happen very often. So no, it does. A, it's so exciting. It's a new era. It, it, it's really, you can't even create like an analogy for it. The, the closest yeah. The closest thing I can come up with, and this sounds really, really hyperbolic, it's kind of like getting a new president. No, that's that really is the closest thing, really. Um, but but oddly enough, uh, and this this uh, uh, maybe my politics are showing um, or lack thereof. But uh, I I actually find that a new doctor affects my life more. Uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so, so. Anyway, um, black president though. Yeah. True. Just saying. True. 
um, black president. Uh, although the president's been around longer than than Doctor Who, I guess. So yeah, the, I guess, the, the, the presidency. I guess that would be the internet's argument. Um, <laughs> yeah, the 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 white the white guy internet argument. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, we really need a we need a woman or a or a black doctor like bad. And I think I think we'll get one immediately after Moffat leaves. <laughs> Day one. Yeah, no, day one, like, like you know, we'll get a new showrunner and they will get either a woman or, or a, a, a person of color. Um, one, one or the other is happening. That's happening. <laughs> like, immediately. Bring them in. It's, look, it's 2014. We're well past time for this. Um, what a great podcast that would be, though. A, a, a kind of, like, jam session. Oh, for what? What do you mean? I just like who? Who? This is such a useless because we just cast the new one, but it's like who would who would we cast? You know what I mean? Who oh, I know. Ex- I actually know exactly who I'd cast. Oh, who? Uh, it's uh, oh, what is her name? Ruth. Um, um, Gordon. No, Ruth. Uh, Ruth Wilson. That's who I cast okay. as the Doctor. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Ruth yeah. Wilson. Ruth Wilson. That's that is uh, if I was going to cast a, a, a woman because I I feel like. Um, should probably be a woman first Um, because that it feels like we get a woman and then everything is just falls into place after that you know sure um so like i i feel like you need to go to like the extreme place and then and then it's like well at that point it doesn't matter whatever cast anybody yeah um which i which i think is good because i feel like it's more extreme to change the sex before it is to change the uh race what a yeah, and what an interesting place to put. Can you? Uh, this is, I mean, not to the the juxtaposition of eleven becoming a woman just would have been so interesting. Mm-hmm. Of all the doctors, I I mean, I guess. Although I I feel like I feel like going from Capaldi. I mean, again, I have no idea what Capaldi's personality is going to be, but if he's like at all macho like i i feel like if if his character from you know uh from in the from, loop in the loop is is any uh any comparison to draw from um if if his doctor is is like even half as macho as that character like i think that that could be really interesting to go from a really macho doctor to a woman sure um i feel like that's the extreme i would want rather than uh Rather than the ele- uh, rather than eleven, who was a little like, um, L- let's not hide behind ceremony. He could be a bit of a prat. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so so I I feel like I I like the extreme difference. Um, of like a macho doctor to a woman. It'd be like if you went from John Pertwee to a woman. That would be that would have been sure. fascinating. Um, so uh, so yeah. So anyway, see, this is gonna be good. Um, I'm excited for uh, for the new Who Brain Trust. It's going to be good times. Great but, discussion. Yeah. So, uh, and if you if you only listen to the new Who stuff um, with with Nick and I, um, then you're going to want to check out one of the episodes with Cassandra uh, because um, she's she's the other the other third of our of our of our three person brain trust for the new Who when that comes back in August. Um, so check out uh, the Moon Base next week with Cassandra. Yeah. Also, and, major major nerd cred. Yeah. If you if you if you're down with old who, <laughs> it's true. It's don't true. yeah don't don't mess around. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, she is crazy nerd cred, crazy <laughs> nerd cred. Um, so anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll I'll talk to you next week with uh, Patrick Troughton, the Moonbase, and Cassandra. Bye. See you later. <laughs>